When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Hi, everyone, and welcome to My Millennial Money Medical. My name is Dev Raga, and in this episode, we will discuss the concept of tax efficiency. It's a common topic of discussion, and healthcare workers have an opportunity to keep more of their own money. This will be part one of the three-part series, and in this episode, we will discuss specifically about salary packaging and maximizing super contributions and how it can reduce your overall tax footprint. If you want me to discuss a specific topic or if you have a specific question, don't hesitate to contact me via Twitter or Facebook. For those of you that are new to the channel, there are three main aims. I call them the three E's. The first E is to be educated. And by being educated means you can improve your financial literacy. And that leads to the second E, which is to be empowered. With improved financial literacy, you can feel empowered and take that knowledge to your credentialed advisor and speak at a level that both of you can understand in. And the third E is to be entertained. Now, I had a question which kind of inspired me to do what I call a tax efficiency series. So this is part one of three episodes that I've planned coming up. And this question came from Anon, who happens to be a doctor actually, who asks, Hi Dev, thanks for making podcasts about money. Money is often a taboo subject in the healthcare space, but we need more financial education, so much appreciated for your efforts. I'm a doctor in my early 40s, and have a very high income, but I also pay a very high amount of tax. What are some of the ways to save on tax? Now, thanks, Anon. It's a really good question, and it's a common topic to discuss across any profession, really. Um, and, you know, first of all, congrats on a very high income. So, well done on that. And let me be very clear on this. If you're paying tax, it means you have an income. And having an income is never a bad thing. And nowhere has this been more obvious than in the last two years during the pandemic. If you've got money coming in, that's a good thing. Yeah, you pay tax, but we all use services and that's fine. So don't get too involved in this sort of thing about, oh, you know, I don't want to work more because I pay more tax. But you work more, you pay more tax, but you also make more money. And that's a good thing. Now, increasing income, like I said, is always a good thing and you keep the majority of the income, so never be afraid to make more money. And when you make good income, it's completely fine to do things which reduces your tax footprint, provided it's legal. And tax minimisation is not illegal. 
but tax evasion is illegal. So it's important to know the difference. Now, the second thing I want everyone to be clear on is never do things just for the tax benefit. In personal finance, the saying is never let the tax tail wag the investment dog. Otherwise, you've lost sight of the fundamental principle of personal finance, and that is to make more money. If you did things just to reduce tax, it means you're spending a dollar to save on whatever your tax rate is. So let's use an example to highlight this concept because I think it's really important and it's very fundamental. Amy is a 39-year-old nurse practitioner. Her income is approximately $150,000 per year, which puts her at a very high income tax bracket. Amy thinks she can reduce her taxes if she bought an off-the-plan apartment, which is being offered on the market. Is this a good idea? Now, this is a terrible idea if Amy is just doing this to save on tax. But this is a great idea if Amy is doing it because buying that particular apartment makes good investment sense because it increases in value over the long term and also provides a good rental yield. And by buying the product, she may actually save some tax by deducting the expenses associated with the property, including loan expenses and property maintenance fees, etc., etc. So when you make an investment, do it because it's a good investment. Never do things just to reduce taxation. This is a big trap many people, including healthcare workers, who are fortunate enough to have a high income, get into all the time. And I can't understate the risk. So back to Anon's question, what are some of the ways Anon can reduce their taxation? Now, I don't have much information to work with, with respect to the particular specialty uh, that Anon does or whether they're in the public or private um, sector. So I'll discuss some of the general ways to reduce tax, particularly unique things for healthcare workers. So what is tax efficiency? What is that concept? It just means that an individual or a business pays the least amount of taxes legally. And some of the ways that you can achieve this that we'll talk about in this episode is salary packaging for healthcare workers and also superannuation. So those are the two things that I want to really go into detail here. So what is salary packaging? Well, this is available for healthcare workers working in the public healthcare space or anyone working in the not-for-profit sector. For healthcare workers, you can salary package up to $9,010 each fringe benefits tax year. And I think it's the same across all of the states in Australia and territories, which goes from April the 1st to 31st of March. For not-for-profits, you can salary package up to $15,900 each fringe benefits tax year. So they can actually package a lot more than healthcare workers working in the public space. Now, in addition to this, you can also salary package what's called meal and entertainment expenses, and that's up to a maximum of $2,650. So for healthcare workers in the public health system, you can actually salary package $11,660. And for not-profit workers, you can actually package a lot more than that. So in the past, when I was an intern, medical intern, way back in 2007, 
Um, shout out to Royal Melbourne Hospital, class of 2007 interns. You can package unlimited meal and entertainment expenses. It was actually quite lucrative and attractive to work in the public health system back then. So a lot of people packaged entire holidays, wedding expenses, restaurant expenses. So theoretically, you can do unlimited amounts. The problem was it was just exploited to the max. And now the meal and entertainment cap is $26.50. So you can't package more than $2,650 for meal and entertainment, that is. So how does all this translate into saving you tax money? Well, it means that every year, if you're a healthcare worker in the public space, $11,660 can be deducted from your gross income and routed back to your account. And the tax is only payable on the new gross income. And usually there's a third-party company which helps you salary package. And usually this company is affiliated with the public hospital that you work in. So, for example, a lot of Victorian hospitals use Maxia, which are a salary packaging company. So you will need to open an account with them and provide your employer ID or payroll number to show them and show evidence of expenses. And the rest is pretty easy. It's mostly done electronically these days. And they communicate with your employer and they sort out all the paperwork in terms of salary packaging. Now, to better understand this, let's use an example, a real life example. Again, to Amy, who's a nurse practitioner working in the public healthcare system. Her income is around $150,000 per year, including super. And she decides to maximise her salary packaging options. So she shows expenses of $9,010, which is the uh, usual packaging amount, plus $2,650, which is a meal and entertainment amount. Therefore, she tells her employer and her salary packaging company and asks them to maximise it for the FBT year. So assume there are now 26 pay fortnights per year. Most public healthcare workers get paid fortnightly. So this works out every fortnight about $448 in salary package amount for her. So how does this practically work? So with an income of $150,000, including super, Amy's fortnightly gross income is around $5,244. And out of this, $448 is deducted. Therefore, her new gross income or taxable income is $4,796. Why is that important? Well, notice instead of paying tax on $5,244, which would be her gross income, she only now pays tax on the new gross income of $4,796 because $448 has been deducted. So what actually happens is the salary packaging company holds it and deposits it back into Amy's account. So this provides more disposable income for Amy, and therefore reduces her tax bill. In addition to this, you can do what's called novated leasing via salary packaging, and that's on top of the $11,000, but that's another episode to be focused on altogether. And in Victoria, because individual public health systems have separate from one another, if Amy worked in three different health networks in Victoria, it means she can technically salary package $11,660 per health network. So technically, she can salary package up to $34,980 if she worked across three health networks. And you can see how this works out significantly in her favour. But I think in other states, if the health system is considered as one within the state, unfortunately, 
this multiple salary packaging benefits doesn't exist. You can only package maximum of $11,660 in some of the states. But if your health network is considered separate, then you can package it multiple times. So the catch there, though, is she must show $34,980 of expenses if she packaged it across multiple health networks, which she's eligible to do. And there is criteria like mortgages, rent, credit card expenses, meal and entertainment, restaurants, personal loans, etc. So, you know, she needs to show expenses for all that amount. So she can't replicate the same $11,660 expenses across each health network. That's illegal. And in fact, that's one of the reasons why we are stuck with a cap on meal and entertainment at 2650 bucks, whilst before it was unlimited. So if you're going to package multiple times across multiple health networks, you need to show unique expenses for that packaged amount. So you can't spend, you know, a $2,000 restaurant bill and package it three times across three health networks. So that's illegal. So if you're working for a not-for-profit or a public health hospital and you're a healthcare worker and you're not salary packaging, you're essentially throwing your money away. Now, here's a special tip for interns getting into the healthcare network. And again, this works really well um, in Victoria, uh, but I think it can potentially work across all states, but you need to check with the particular state health network and also your salary packaging provider. Notice the FPT year is actually April the 1st to March the 31st, but internship starts mid-January, which means technically the intern can salary package $11,660 between mid-January and March 31st and do it all again after April the 1st. So during internship, if, you know, for example, Amy... Um, you know, becomes a medical doctor and, you know, gets started on an internship, if she gets allocated two rotations outside of her primary health network, guess what? They can do it two more times in addition to the additional time that they'll be able to do as an intern. So in their first year as an intern, potentially they can package $11,660 potentially four times and benefit from the $18,000 or so tax-free threshold. So the majority of their income can actually be tax-free for that first year, academic year, that is. So this works in Victoria, but not sure if possible in other states. So make sure you ask the salary packaging provider for this information. So salary packaging is a neat trick. And it's a bit of a perk because, you know, public healthcare workers don't get paid very well compared to private healthcare workers. And that's specifically true for doctors. I'm not sure about nurses, um, but certainly doctors working in the public health care space get paid significantly less compared to their private counterparts. So it's an added benefit in terms of trying to serve the community. So that's about it for salary packaging. Now, before we go on to how super can be tax effective, let's take an ad break. And uh, after the ad, we'll talk about super. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back. And uh, in the next segment, we'll focus on why super can be tax effective. So, I think particularly for high-income earners, maximising your concessional contributions to superannuation can be very useful. And I think the Australian superannuation system is marvellous. Basically, it's the government telling you to save for your retirement so you don't rely on the pension system. So, that's the benefit for the government. And- Personally, I think relying on the pension system is not a retirement strategy. So, um, you know, for anyone in their 20s listening to this or 30s listening to this or even 40s listening to this, I treat many patients who rely on the pension system. And let me be very clear, the pension system in Australia, although it is a great system, it's not a retirement strategy. So, you need to have your own retirement strategy. So, don't rely on the pension So, how does maximising super contributions actually save on tax? Now, there are two main types of contributions to super. One is called concessional. The other one is non-concessional. And concessional contributions are from your gross income. So, it reduces your taxable income. They are before-tax contributions and include those contributions done by your employer. That's part of the superannuation compulsory contributions done by the employer. Non-concessional contributions, on the other hand, are after-tax contributions. Now, there are limits to both. So, the concessional contribution limit is now $27,500 per year. I see on online forums a lot of people say $25,000. That's actually increased. So, make sure you check the ATO website. It's actually $27,500 per year. And the maximum non-concessional contributions per year that you can do is $110,000 per year. Now, there are rules called the carry forward contributions and bring forward contributions, but I won't go into that. But this is the basic rules. And the important thing here is that concessional contributions, which are pre-tax contributions, are only taxed at 15%, no matter what your marginal tax rate is. So, I'll repeat. Concessional contributions to super are only taxed at 15%, no matter what your marginal tax rate is. That is really important to understand. So, let's use an example to highlight this point. Amy is a nurse practitioner earning $150,000 per year, excluding her super this time, working in public health care. She decides to salary package $11,660, which is the maximum allowed. This now reduces her taxable income to $138,400. Because her employer contributes 10% super, This amounts to $15,000 as well. This goes straight into a nominated super fund. And when it hits the super fund, 15% goes towards taxation. 
and the rest of it stays in the super fund as investments. So if $15,000 was her super amount, concessionally, $2,250 goes to the ATO and $12,750 stays in the super fund. In addition to this, Amy can actually contribute an additional $12,500 towards her super. Why? Because remember, she can contribute concessionally up to $27,500 to a super, including the employee super contributions. And again, when she contributes that extra $12,500 to a super, 15% goes to tax and the rest goes to super investments. So only $1,875 goes to the ATO. And out of the $12,500, the majority, that is $10,625, stays in the super fund. So how does this all relate to saving Amy tax? Now, suppose she doesn't contribute the additional 12500 into the super. That is, she doesn't maximise her concessional contributions. This means that she'll need to accept that as an income. And this means she pays marginal tax rates on that 12500 And her marginal tax rate, being a high-income earner, is 37%. So... If she contributes it to a super, she only pays 15% tax on that, which is only $1,875 on that money. If not, she would now need to pay 37% tax before it hits her account, which equates to $4,625. In other words, by contributing to super and maximising her concessional contributions, before earning a single cent from the investment within super, she saves 22% tax that's an instant return on our money. Now, who else earns 22% return on their money long-term? Peter Lynch, Warren Buffett. So Amy is earning similar amounts compared to the greatest investors of all time. And that's why I'm a big fan of super. Maximising your concessional contributions is one of the best ways to save on tax. And guess what? It's guaranteed. You save on tax instantly, every single time. And it's all legit. It's legal. This is what the government wants you to do, so you don't end up being reliant on government pensions later in life to retire. So the pros of this is very obvious, right? You save on tax, you make money, work for you longer, and of course, the power of compounding. The earlier you do this, the better it is for you. Now, There are some bad things associated with this, right? I mean, not everything in life is rosy. Essentially, when Amy does this, she's locking away her money for the long term. Because remember, super is really untouchable unless under extraordinary circumstances. So you need to take that into consideration. So if you think you don't need the money and you want to invest it forever, then this is probably the best option. And I think it's often neglected by a lot of people who chase returns outside of super. So in other words, in this case, Amy has a guaranteed return of 22% every single time. Why would she take money and put it outside of super and speculate in the market? And sure as hell, I don't think she's going to get 22% guaranteed every single time. And I guess, why maximise super? How does it benefit in retirement? Well... During your working life, your super is in what's called accumulation phase. It means you're accumulating your assets. Makes sense. And you pay 15% tax on any concessional contributions, but you also pay 15% tax on any earnings on your super. 
during your accumulation phase. Now, paying tax, yeah, it's not great, but it's still better than your marginal tax rates, largely. Now, when you reach a certain age, around 60, generally, you enter into what's called a preservation age phase. And if you decide to stop working, and I'm really simplifying it here, there's lots of little rules about this, you can turn your super into what's called a retirement phase and start drawing down on it. So you can start using your super money for what it's designed to do, that is for your retirement. Now, here's the deal. When you're in retirement phase, up to a certain amount of super value, you pay zero tax on the earnings. Zero tax. And that certain value is called transfer balance cap. And that cap is now increased to 1.7 million. And usually it keeps rising every few years based on inflation. So it just means when you reach retirement and you have less than $1.7 million or up to $1.7 million in your super, and again, there's lots of nitty gritties you need to work out. Generally speaking, your tax on that is almost zero. And any money you make on that, the tax on that, the earnings, is almost zero. Now, if you have more than $1.7 million, then whatever's left over after $1.7 million, you start paying 15% tax on it. But you only pay the tax, as far as I understand, on the money above $1.7 million, not the entire super account. So I think anything below that $1.7 million cap, you still don't pay any tax on it. But just check with your super tax accountant to make sure all this is accurate. So, super, in my view, is one of the best tax-efficient strategies to plan for your investments and retirement. So, please don't disregard it. That's about it for this episode, which is part one of the three-part tax efficiency series. In the next part, we'll discuss more ways to save on tax, capital gains tax discounts, trust accounts for investments, frank dividends, work-related deductions, car deductions, charitable deductions. And then in part three, we'll finish up with spousal super contributions, private health insurance, and investment properties, and more. Now, remember to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you may be using. And please leave a positive review. That means writing a review. And leaving a positive review makes a big difference in terms of spreading the message of financial literacy and more people finding this podcast episodes and channel. This is Deb Raga from My Millennial Money Medical. And until next time, please make sure you stay safe. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits and pay respect to their elders past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorized representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. 
Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 